It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Carl Blaylock. Hi, hello, 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 and welcome into the WATH studios. Carl Blaylock in studio alongside Michael Roth and special guest uh, from the Post Sports, assistant sports editor, Ashley Beach. Hi. So we've got a three-man crew, at least for the first segment, to talk about the Bobcats' big win over Buffalo, winning 85-61. We'll also break down Mac play, talk about a few interesting college games from last night, and preview some very interesting uh, top 25 games tonight, three ranked versus ranked matchups uh, in three different conferences in the power conferences. We'll break those down as well. But let's start first with the Bobcats. And Ashley, it was a good game for the Bobcats. It was. They had one of their best games in a while. Um, you know, they're 12-1, and I believe, at the Convo, and they've had four wins in a row. But Last night was a, one of their first true team wins in a while. Um, five players with double digits, uh, four starters and one non-starter. So that was pretty good for them. It definitely was. One of the stats that jumps out to me is the defense. Uh, you know, they held them to 22. They held the Bulls to 22 points in the first half. Yeah, so they really wanted to um, limit um, turnovers and kind of work on transition. They know uh, Buffalo is second in the Mid-American Conference for steals. So um, Coach Bowles mentioned that he really wanted his team to take care of the ball, and he believes they did. Um, So the Bobcats really, really worked hard to kind of limit the Bulls there. Looking at their three-point percentage, they only shot 12% from three. I don't know what they were coming in on, but... That's that's a really low number that the Bobcats held them to, and the Bobcats once again shot about 46-47% from the field. I mean, I guess first, you know, what changes have really come on about this team? Because I know there were a member sitting there after the Eastern Michigan loss going, well, where do we go with this team? And they've just completely been a different team since then. What have you seen covering them that changes? I really think they're more confident. Um, you know, this is a team with a lot of transfers, you know, nine new guys. They haven't really played. They got to play together in Spain over the summer, but they didn't really get a lot of time together. Otherwise, you know, just outside of practice. Um, I definitely think there's there's some young guys really stepping up, and I think they're more cohesive. And there's a little bit more of a sense of urgency when they're on the court. And I think they're just they're more of wa- aware of themselves and aware of their space. Because, um, you know, when you do have that many um, new players, you only have, like, a true core of three returners. I mean, there are other returners, but that true core of um, Miles Brown, Dwight Wilson, and uh, Ben Roderick. So it's just them all finally working together and all being on the same page, I really think, is what is making the Bobcats play better. Because, you know, in the first few months of the season, you could see it when they were on the court. They were a little discombobulated. They weren't comfortable. They weren't confident. But now they are. Somebody who's really stepped up uh, coming as a, coming in as a freshman is Elmore James. Uh, I don't remember how many points he had on Friday, but I remember he played pretty decently on Friday. And then last night, 15 points in the victory, uh, tied with the most with Dwight Wilson the third. How has he really stepped up in the last month and a half? Yeah, Elmore James has been great. You know, he's he's came in and he start he was a part of the rotation, you know, he's coming off the bench. He wasn't exactly one of the like most like highly sought after recruits that the Bobcats brought in, but he's still done incredible and I think his his addition of his with his shooting is incredibly important for the Bobcats and he's just really he's comfortable where he is and he's just He's he said last night like he's confident and he he's more sure of himself and I think that as he gets more minutes and gets more time um, on the court he'll be he'll be better than ever. Another person who's really kind of shaped back into the form we saw him in back in 2020 2021 season is Ben Roderick. It, it's been great to see him knock down. He had a few threes on Friday's game that I attended and it was it was awesome. It, it felt like 2020 2021. He had a little bit of a rough shooting year last year and. How important is it for having that veteran presence and being able to have that three-point presence of Roderick again? Yeah, it's 
It's incredibly important because um, Ohio really started its season with um, rough three-point shooting. I feel like that's something I ended up talking a lot about in a lot of my stories was Ohio just could not hit it from beyond the arc. And they, with Roderick finally getting back into that comfortability, it's nice. And you're seeing him be a little more aggressive on the court. I think it was Friday. I watched him dive into the scorer's table. Um, and I was like, oh, my goodness, like, what is he doing? That, that was that was right in front of us. That actually happened. That was right in front of us. We're like four rows behind that. Our boss, our, our boss, our manager here, J.J. Hale, is sitting right there. He almost got squashed by him. <laughs> yeah, we, one of our photographers at the Post got it on, on photo, and I was like, I don't think I've ever seen Roderick be that aggressive and that in tune on the court. So it was kind of – interesting to see kind of that shift especially since he he wasn't you know starting and he's he's starting now and kind of getting that role elevated a little bit um he's he's just been really important for ohio how how has it been for dwight wilson after obviously not being able to play last year He's really been the star that this team needed, and he's got. He was able in the beginning part of the season. He was some games the only bright spot, and he's really helped shape up this team the last few weeks. Can talk a bit about that? Yeah, Wilson. I feel like there's almost no Ohio without Wilson. I feel like he is. He's that like key. Like you're putting together a Tetris puzzle, and he is that last piece. I mean, he's he's the last piece from the tournament run. Um, him well, and him and Miles Brown, and B Rod. And B Rod. Oh my gosh, B Rod. Yeah. Um, but he, um, he, we talked a little bit about his recovery. Us, uh, him and I, I did a feature story on him, and you know his his recovery was a little rough. Um, he lost some of his his shots, including that hook shot he's so good at. But he's he's back in full form, and I mean, he even said at like the end of that that tournament run, he wasn't playing at a hundred percent. Um, so it's inter- it's good to see him back at 100% because he's he is not afraid to just drive into the paint. He is always there, you know. Ohio's good as long as Dwight Wilson is somewhere in the paint. Ohio is going to either make a basket or get a rebound or something's going to happen. Something good's going to happen for Ohio. Um, so having Dwight Wilson back has just it's it has elevated Ohio's gameplay tenfold. And it's this Ohio team that really rounding in a form they currently sit fifth in the max standings i don't think they're going to get much higher than fifth mm-hmm. at the moment the max standings kent state and toledo tied at the top at 11 and 2 ball state and akron one game back at 10 and 3 then ohio uh fifth at 7 and 6 northern illinois at 7 and 6 as well four games back buffalo at seven at the moment uh five games back and then central michigan uh, they jumped into the top eight last night with a victory over Bowling Green. And kind of looking at the MAC as a whole, uh, looking at the games last night, Akron handled Eastern Michigan. Toledo handled Miami of Ohio. Ball State knocked off Northern Illinois. Uh, but Central Michigan knocking off Toledo in the Stroh Center. That one's one that kind of surprised me a little bit. I'm surprised by the Chippewas and how they've looked the last few weeks. You know, it- I wasn't quite aware of that win yet, but um, Ohio does travel uh, up to Mount Pleasant this weekend, so it'll be interesting with the Chippewas having that that presence and that energy um, after that win. It's gonna it's gonna be interesting for the Bobcats, and it's gonna be interesting for the Mac standings. Yeah, Reggie Bass had 25 for the Chippewas in the victory last night. And, I mean that that's that's one of those that's one of those wins. I really expected Bowling Green. Bowling Green looked solid at the beginning of the season. Obviously knocked off the Bobcats up in the Stroh Center, uh, a building that I didn't really realize. The Bobcats have not had much success in the Stroh Center. No, <laughs> not at all. Uh, but Central Michigan was able to, and they were able to knock Bowling Green for the moment out of the MAC tournament picture. Uh, Bowling Green a game back, and then Kent State also defeated Western Michigan handily, 82-58. And really, at the moment, there's a logjam up at the top of the conference. You've got uh, you have Kent State, you have Kent State and Toledo right up at the top, and then you got Akron and Ball State, uh, just one uh, just one loss behind them. 
who really stands out when we get to Cleveland? And can the Bobcats make another run from the five seed like they did two years ago? See, I don't, I don't know because there's there's so many things that go into that, and I do think that Akron is still somebody to watch, and I do think keeping an eye on Kent State is incredibly important, um, especially because once you get down to more of like the middle of the pack teams, which I believe are like NIU and others like that. Yeah. Um, everybody is they are all the same they're all neck and neck they it's just going to be whoever can finish out that last bit of the conference schedule just fine and i think maybe maybe ohio does make a run maybe it doesn't but i think paying attention to once we get to those rematches i mean ohio's won both of its um rematch games already with akron and buffalo so watching who's able to win those rematches and who moves up and down. And I don't think there will be too much moving of the conference standings, but um, I think if Ohio does go to Cleveland and whichever teams do end up going to Cleveland, watching how those teams did in the rematches will play into the MAC tournament. Roth, I want to get your thoughts on this with the uh, with who do you think really will come out of the woodwork at the end here with the top four teams in the MAC? Yeah, so... The interesting thing is there's not a lot of good defense in the MAC. Um, And if you look at Bart Torvik, Kent State is 31st in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency, Akron 90th. The next best team is Ball State at 197th in the country. Wow. And then you compare that to offensively, you got Toledo 13th in the country, uh, Ohio 74th in the country. Uh, and then Akron's at 128, Kent State's at 147, uh, Bowling Green's at 160, uh, Buffalo's at 171. So there's a lot more balanced offensive teams, but there's few good defensive teams. So I, I think in a tournament setting where you're going to have to win three games in three days uh, to win the championship, I, I think this has kind of been something that has bit Toledo because Toledo a lot of years has been a top two seed and they've never made it to the NCAA tournament under head coach Todd Kowalchuk. It's like the one thing on his resume that he hasn't done. They can't really defend. And again, Toledo isn't really defending this year. So I think you run into trouble when you're playing your second game on a back-to-back, your third game in three nights in the MAC championship. So I look at a team like Akron that has the depth and experience defensively. You look at Kent State. Those were the two teams that met in the MAC title game last year. They each have returners both at the point guard position where they're very old and down low with the bigs. They're both physical. They can both rebound and finish possessions. So I think that Kent State and Akron are the two teams that are kind of the teams to beat in the Mid-American Conference. But it's very interesting seeing how the top four teams have kind of separated themselves in the conference standings and you're just trying to guess will one of them go down maybe two of them in upsets that's something that seems like ohio niu uh buffalo and then look it looks like those three teams are all going to make it Mm -hmm. and then the fight for the eight seed is going to be interesting i think if you're near the top of the league you really want that number one seed so you face the eight seed in the MAC tournament because I think that NIU, Buffalo, and OU are much more dangerous than whoever is likely to get the eight seed, uh, whether that's Central Michigan, Bowling Green, uh, or Eastern Michigan. Th- those are like the top three candidates to get the eight seed. Um, so that's just what I think is going to determine the MAC championship because people don't realize throughout the regular season you're playing two games a week. You play typically on Tuesday and then typically again Friday or Saturday. In the MAC tournament, you're playing Thursday, you're playing Friday, and you're playing Saturday if you're making it to the championship game. It's just a different level of tiredness on shots. It's a different type of game uh, in the winner go home. Typically, you see bench minutes go down, and then you're also getting players playing three games in three days. So typically, shooting numbers in those championship games are much lower. Um, it's a slower pace of play. So that's where I think Akron and Kent State have an advantage on the rest of the league. But it's a, it's a very interesting league to track. I think the biggest thing that you notice, uh, everybody but NIU is amazing at home. They're all yeah. amazing at home. Mm-hmm. 
Kent State, 12-0 at home. Toledo, 11-1 at home. Ball State, 11-1 at home. Akron, 12-1. OU, 12-1. And then somehow NIU's 4-5. They're the one team that can win on the road. Um, So I don't really know what that means for the conference tournament because everybody's winning their home games and they're losing on the road. That's what OU did against Akron. That's what OU did against Buffalo. Um, So... That, that's just an interesting nugget because you're not at home, but you're also technically not on the road in the neutral site tournament games. Um, it's also interesting. You wonder how much of a factor tournament always being in Cleveland. Um, typically, you have good showings from Kent, Akron, OU, and Toledo fans. Those are typically the four schools um, that have the most fan support, uh, mostly due to proximity uh, to Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. I do pose a question to both you and or both Roth and Ashley here. Who do you think the Bobcats match up best with out of the top four? Would Akron be? I mean, we just saw them, you know, really beat Akron. It was only a nine-point victory, but it really felt like a lot more than that in the second half. Would they be able to beat them again back-to-back? Or would it somebody else, uh, would a Kent State, would a Ball State be a better matchup for the Bobcats? Um, I, I think Akron is a great matchup for them. Um, I think, however, as a, a lot of Akron's production comes from two players, um, so if Ohio does get to see them again, they'll really know how to shut that pl- those two players down, and they kind of did a little bit the last time um, that she faced off. Um, I don't believe I've seen them play Ball State yet. and um, oh, We got them early in the year. Then I... It was over winter break. I was not here. Yeah, I did not see them play Ball State, so I cannot comment on Ohio and Ball State. Um, But it's just, I don't know, because Ohio is such a wishwashy team. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. You can't can't exactly predict them from game to game because you never know. Like, Miles Brown might go off and have 20 points, but Miles Brown might also just have a day where he's racking up assists and have maybe three points. I mean, A.J. Clayton didn't even have a whole lot of points. He shot pretty poorly last night. So just knowing like that you can't predict Ohio, it's hard to say who, personally, it's hard to say who I think they would go well against. I know who the answer is not. It's definitely not Toledo. Correct. No. It's not Toledo. No. Not Every at all. time we play Toledo. It's bad. And you know what's nuts? Hmm. Lamar Thornton coached at Toledo for a couple of years. He knows the offense and we cannot figure it out for the life of us i was at both of the games last year uh watched the game this year toledo just there's something about the way that they space the floor um uh, against ou's size that just throws the bobcats off toledo uh one of the best offenses in country so it's not like ou is the only team that can't figure out how to stop toledo defensively but it seems like every time we play, JT Shoemate, Cedric Milner, and Ray J. Dennis absolutely torches the Bobcats. So that is the one team that if you're an OU fan, your quarterfinal matchup, you do not want to see the Toledo Rockets on the other side. Right now, Toledo and Kent State tied for first in the league. Toledo, the number two seed. Um, so if you're OU, I think you want to stay in the fifth seed. Uh, you're most likely to get Ball State or Akron. Um, I'd probably lean towards playing Ball State over Akron, mostly because uh, computers uh, like Akron a lot more than Ball State right now. According to Bart Torvik, uh, Kent State 71st in the country, Toledo 95th, Akron 105th. So those are the top three. Then you got Ball State at 138 and OU at 148. So I would definitely prefer to play Ball State um, based on how it's looking right now. And the Bobcats already beat Ball State at home. Um, and that's their only meeting of the season. So OU, um, they had the really rough start of the season schedule. Um, it's why when they started slow, I, I personally wasn't panicking because I thought they had a, a rough um, sort of schedule at the start of the year. They only get Ball State once and they only get Toledo once. Um, so they've already gotten... Uh, their two games out of the way with Akron. They have their rematch with Kent State um, on Tuesday the 28th coming he- coming up here uh, in about two weeks. Um, but they avoid the second games with Toledo, who already beat them, and Ball State, who they beat. So it's going to be interesting. Um, I-, I think there's a lot of talent in the MAC this year. It- it's mostly 
uh, going towards how, how I think most of us thought it would be in the preseason. Um, currently, uh, the top six teams I had in the league, uh, they're all in the top seven seeds. I thought Buffalo would be sixth. I didn't think NIU would be up yeah, there. I think the, yeah, NIU is really um, the only surprise yeah, out of the league. Yeah, the only team uh, that really has surprised. And then Eastern Michigan's at 10, and I thought they'd be at like seven. Um, so really, the MAC is going how we thought it was going to go. And I'd say Ball State's a little bit better. I thought them and OU were four and five. Um, so they're having a better year than I thought. But uh, really, the MAC has played out how we kind of expected. And with all the teams being so good at home, it's going to be really interesting to see how they play sleeping on them hotel beds in Cleveland. Mm. Ashley, uh, final thoughts on uh, we talked a little bit about this previewing. Uh, Central Michigan at all. We talked a little bit about it earlier. Uh, they're coming off that big win over Bowling Green. They're trying to stay in position for that eight seed. What do you expect to uh, see out of the Bobcats in the Chippewas game on Saturday? Well, you know, when the, the Chippewas came down to Athens, Ohio, the Bobcats just smacked them around. Yeah. Like straight up smacked them around. Um, I, I do expect Ohio to struggle a little bit because they are on the road. They... They've only won one road game this calendar year. Yep, they're they're on the struggle bus when it comes to the road, the bus literally. Um, I expect – see, here's the thing. Like, last time the two played, Miles Brown had his 27-point night. So um, – and there were three other players in double digits. So it's going to it's gonna take another team effort, I think, um, to kind of make up for that production if nobody has, a, you know, a career night, a season-high night, whatever – um, I do expect them to perform well. I think they will still perform well, even though they're on the road. But there is that question of, can Ohio pull it off on the road? It'll be certainly interesting to see this weekend. Ashley Beach, assistant uh, assistant sports editor for The Post. Thanks for joining us, Ashley. Uh, when we come back, me and Roth will break down more college basketball action from last night and look ahead to the three ranked matchups tonight. Right here on the Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. Men, women, and young adults can find health wellness services at odh.ohio.gov slash rhwp. Connect with a health provider to receive services like screenings for healthy weight, cancer, smoking cessation assistance, as well as other health services. Visit odh.ohio.gov slash rhwp to find and connect with a location near you to schedule your in-person or telehealth visit today. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Paradise City here on the sports fan. It was paradise outside today, tell you what. Uh, I live on Mill Street and it was popping. It felt like it was March, <laughs> April. No, it's it's the day after Valentine's Day. But hey, we'll take it. Love is in the air. Yeah, especially when the weather's seventy degrees. Yep. <laughs> it's not going to be warm tomorrow, though. It's no. Literally a one-day warm-up. Uh, it's currently it's still seventy degrees right now. Oh, yeah. It's not even supposed to cool down until about ten p.m. where it goes back to fifty-eight. Um, but yeah, right now according to the weather app. Uh, it's going to rain pretty much all day tomorrow. Um, There's supposed to be thunderstorms. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> you act like this is surprise, Dude, it's psychotic. Like, no, why? It's fun. Thunderstorms are fun to watch. It, it's beautiful. You see them rolling in majestically. They just roll in. You get the rumbles of thunder. You sit there on the porch. You hear the rain. You smell the rain. It's beautiful, Roth. All right, moving on. <laughs> Let's look at the Big 12, uh, where they're used to that type of smell in the rain and such out in Kansas, where Kansas uh, able to go on the road and knock off Oklahoma State 87-76 last night. Uh, big win for the Jayhawks. Obviously, any game in the Big 12 is tough. As number 12, Kansas State found out last night. Me and Dylan Westmeyer talked about it on yesterday's sports fan a little bit about... Um, 
Oklahoma, we didn't know what to think about this game. We weren't sure if Oklahoma were going to lose. We figured they would. But then again, this is the same team that embarrassed the now number one team in the country, Alabama, at home. Uh, they won like, they won by 20, 27. Like, and they did it again last night. Uh, they knock off number 12, Kansas State, 79-65. The Big 12 is an enigma this year, Roth. Yeah, tough to uh, tough to win on the road. Um in the Big 12, you know, uh, a lot of good teams in that league, and you really don't have an off night in the Big 12. So that's what uh, uh, what makes some of those games so tough. And especially, um, the, this isn't the case for this one, but when you play on Saturday, then also play again on Monday. Um, those are especially tough spots uh, for the road team to find themselves in. Yeah, they've, and and there's been a lot of those. That was a, that was a Tuesday game, but still, it, it's... It, I don't know. I, I don't understand Oklahoma. I don't understand the Big 12. If there's ever a conference, and next year the Big 12 conference is going to be one of the best basketball conferences we've seen since uh, the old Big East died, I really think. Because you're going to have this tough Big 12 you've already got where you could make a case for all 10 teams to probably make the tournament. There's a few that I think would miss out. I think Oklahoma... Uh, would probably be on the outside looking in. Uh, same with Texas Tech, but outside of that, I mean, you could make you, you could you could still make a case for both of those teams. They they pulled they pulled some pretty big upsets this year, and where you're gonna throw in a Houston team that's been a national power over the last five years, a solid Cincinnati team um, that's pretty decent in the AAC. UCF, which has some players, they're pretty good as well. And BYU, which are having a down year in their last year in the WCC, but they're still pretty good. I mean, it's 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 perfect. It's a perfect storm. It's going to be one of the best basketball conferences we've seen in a while. Yeah, um, I think uh, mostly the Big 12 is going to get a little worse on average with the uh, four additions, but that's only because the bar... Uh, right now is already so high um you look at obviously houston probably going to be one of the top 15 to 20 teams in the country next year um but then uc and ucf probably will be near the bottom of the conference um at least starting off and then uh byu kind of a wild card you probably expect them to be near the bottom of the league but not at the bottom of the league um, so it'll be interesting that one season where you get those four new teams, but you also keep Texas and Oklahoma. Um, so you'll have one year of like overlap uh, with the new Big 12 with Texas and Oklahoma. But um, really just uh, a difficult uh, difficult conference to play in night in and night out. You, you look at some other leagues and there's um, – there's free wins to be had in the ACC. Let me tell you that. When you see Louisville on your schedule, you're oh, feeling yeah. good. Same um, with kind of Florida sure State Vander this year. Is yeah. right now because um, they got Louisville tonight. That they do. Uh, another another conference that it's tough to play in is the Big East and the new Big East and Providence and Creighton. Double overtime game last night. I wasn't able to catch much of this one, but I, you just knew this was going to be a good game. And Providence, they've played a bunch of overtime games. I've seen three overtime games from Providence this year. And I'm pretty sure they're all in, uh, they don't call the dunk anymore, but, you know, up in Providence. Yeah, um, Providence, somehow, some way, they uh, they figure out a way to win, like, every close game. They did it last it, year. It's, it's uh, hard they're coaching. They're to do it again. Ed Cooley's it's, good. I mean, he's good, but also Ed Cooley wasn't amazing in close games for the first 15 years of his career. So unless you think... In year 18, Ed Cooley all of a sudden figured out the secret to winning close games. Maybe. I think it's just a run of good luck, Carl. Um, that If he just figured it out, I'd wonder why he didn't figure out the secret to winning every close game in year 12. Um, um, it, it, it could have been with the players, too. He's got some ballers there. With, yeah, uh, yeah, but like pretty much whenever a team is really good in close games, it's uh, it, it has some to do with coaching and players but also a, a majority of it is just luck the ball bouncing your way uh, you get a charge call or you get a wrong out of bounds call go your way um i mean providence won a game this year banking in a three-pointer down three with 30 seconds left i'm sure if ed cooley was had a major part in that bank three going in um 
So, yeah, I mean, I I expect Providence again uh, to be a top six seed and likely again will be an underdog in round one um, like they were last year as a four or a five seed. I think they were um, a four seed. Yeah, they were like a one-point favorite or one-point dog. Um, I believe they played South Dakota State. That sounds that about was, right. Uh, that might have been Iowa. I'm not sure. Um, but... No, Iowa played Richmond. Uh, and South Dakota State did play. Yep, yep. South nice. Dakota State played uh, Providence. I remember I picked both those games thinking they were going to win. Yeah, no, my, my, my bracket was gone immediately. It was burned. It was burned. I had probably the worst bracket I've ever had last year. I think I only got like 12 picks oh, I right. Had it by far. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I got a single Elite Eight team right, which, was, which is impressive. I, Impressively bad. I got two Sweet 16 teams. Nice. That was it. <laughs> that's, Carl, that's... That was... You need to start giving away those picks so people can just take the opposite. Yes. No, fade me. Literally, I look look at the, look at the surefire like hot, hot picks. picks. I feel like they haven't been that bad recently. I no, I, like I'm 7 and 8. I'm 7 and 8. Yeah, um, I'm 7 and 8 since we started keeping track for this I think there was year. a while ago where you were probably like 5 and 13. <laughs> yes. No, it was it was not good. I, I have not normally been that good at it. Uh, but... Yeah, it is what it is. Also, how about the Carrier Dome bouncing last night, knocking off uh, the Orange, knock off number 23 NC State last night, 75-72. Uh, nice, nice win for the Orange. Nice to see that Jim Beheim still exists. And uh, I don't know. I wonder how long he's going to wait until he retires. He is about the only coach left from, like, those 70s and 80s teams. I mean, I guess you still got Patino and Iona, but, like, aside from that, it's it's just it's just Beheim, which that's it's crazy to see how long he has lasted. Let's look at the games tonight. Uh, there's three very intriguing games, and none of them Mountain West games, so we won't talk about the Mountain West tonight. Uh, a rarity. Every listener is doing a celebratory. Dance yeah, they're right rejoicing. Um, but one game that's certainly going to be interesting, tipping off at seven o'clock on ESPN two. Top 10 matchup, number one, Alabama. They travel into number 10, Tennessee, who have lost their first or their last two games on buzzer beaters. Yeah, Tennessee is a team. Um, yeah, you were mentioning uh, OU finally got some good luck uh, defending three-pointers uh, last night as Buffalo couldn't really hit a shot. Uh, Tennessee was due for some bad luck because uh, heading into last week, they had the best NCAA three-point defense ever. Uh, teams were only making like 22% of their threes against them. Um, so Tennessee got a little bit of the regression to the mean. Teams started hitting shots against them, uh, and they lost two games that they were favored. This is a tough game to predict because I'm not a very big Tennessee guy. I don't think they're all that great. But it is so hard to go unbeaten in a major conference, and that's what Alabama's doing right now. It's on the road. They're going to slip up. I don't like Tennessee, but I think it is a good spot for them. Um, very interesting game, though. So uh, I think it could go either way because I think Alabama really is a much better team than Tennessee. But at a certain point, you're just due for a conference loss. On the road, they won on the road against Auburn on Saturday. That is um, a tough back-to-back there. Yeah, yeah, really tough. So um, good bounce back. The situational spot for Tennessee is great. Back-to-back, heartbreaking defeats. I'm sure the home crowd is going to be going nuts. Um, and, and it's tough because you look at Missouri, they just beat Tennessee on that buzzer beater uh, on the road. Then they go to Auburn. And they got embarrassed. Exactly. So then back-to-back road games against physical teams. Um, we'll see. So Vegas, Vegas I would, lead, I would lean, lean Tennessee, but I will. I would not be making any pick on this game. I mean, the Volunteers are minus three, according to Caesars. Sports book. I, to me, I, I agree with you. Where like you have teams where they're due for a slip up and stuff, but I feel like for Alabama, they already had that slip up. We talked about it earlier with that Oklahoma game where they lost by twenty six. Alabama is bizarre because yeah, they lost uh, by 20, 24, 24. to Oklahoma, and then their other two losses this season. They lost to Gonzaga by ten. Yeah, Gonzaga by ten, and also their other loss was to UConn 
by 15. So all, they have three losses, and all three of them were by double digits. Um, I, so they're kind of a team where if they lose, they lose by a lot. They're kind of in that Providence school of thought where if you're going to play a close game, you're going to figure out a way to win. So, um, yeah, maybe Alabama due for a close loss tonight. We shall see. Uh, former Bobcat Mark Sears has had a really good season, um, and freshman Brandon Miller looks like an All-American. Um, so good stuff happening in Tuscaloosa. I yeah I, I I'm gonna have to give it to the Crimson Tide I think tonight but we'll see. Uh, moving on to the Big East, Xavier traveling up to Marquette, number 16 in the country. Is Xavier number 11 in the country? Marquette, big game up at the top of the Big East. Who do you think pulls it out tonight? Uh, I'm all over Marquette. You know Xavier has a bunch of injuries right now. Uh, they're missing three rotation pieces tonight. That's uh, that's not what you want to see when you're going on the road. So I think there is an outside chance that this one gets really ugly. Um, but Xavier is a resilient team. Sean Miller, um, a coach that's going to breed toughness in his group. Um, so he he's not going to go into this game accepting a defeat. Um, but the Musketeers are at a disadvantage tonight just in terms of bodies and rotation pieces. So I, I think you got to think Marquette gets it done at home. Um, but this would be quite the impressive win if Xavier is able to pull it off. Um, Marquette also uh, got a recruit today from Northeast Ohio, uh, Damaris Owens, um, from Western Reserve Academy. So Shaka Smart, uh, second time he's came to Ohio in as many years uh, for recruits, so what, what do you think? What do you think rolling. of him? What do you think of him? Uh, so I, I've actually Owens is uh, from New York, um, and he now goes to prep school at Western Reserve Academy in Hudson. Uh, so I've only seen him play once, but I'm a big fan of his athleticism. Um, he's figuring out how to play the game. Um, bit of a longer term piece, but he fits a sort of up tempo style that Marquette likes to play. He's a pretty skilled forward. He's a capable shot maker. And with the style of play that the Big East has, he's going to be able to play the power forward position, which is versatility and outside shooting capabilities means that Marquette's probably going to continue to have one of the more efficient offenses in the country. So I think he made a good college fit, and it's just going to continue to give Marquette the ability to play big with him at the three and also go small with him at the power forward spot. So definitely a fan of Owens uh, fringe top 150 player nationally uh, could see him moving up uh, in the next uh, couple months so good get for Marquette just a good time to be a Golden Eagle basketball fan absolutely uh, looking at one the final game uh, ranked matchup TCU at Iowa State number 22 22 TCU Horn Frogs against the number 18, 19, 19. I need to get new glasses, I think. Uh, number 19, Iowa State Cyclones. Uh, what do you think about this one real quickly, Roth? Yeah, so once again, TCU shorthanded. Um, Mike Miles, uh, there was actually some reports that Mike Miles' star point guard was going to play. Uh, and then he tweeted out, uh, for those of you who have heard that I'm playing tonight, that's wrong. I'll come back when I'm ready to come back. <laughs> um, so uh, always funny when you... Uh, hear reports from the players and then the players are like ah that's that's not true uh what y'all are hearing so um yeah i I think at this point tcu is just gonna kind of try and buy their time a little bit i I think this is a bad spot iowa state's been great at home um you gotta lean towards them but if tcu can get healthy i think they're a team very capable of making a run in March. So I, I think if you're the Horn Frogs, they're looking ahead to March, while Iowa State, they're looking to get a win tonight. Yeah, we'll definitely see what happens tonight. That'll be a good one, as there's a few other good ones as well in between the cracks that you might want to keep an eye on. I might mention one of them later. I think I found my hot pick for the night. We'll get to that in another segment, but when we come back, we'll talk about the Cavs. they got a huge game tonight. We'll talk about it after the break. You're listening to The Sports Fan, presented by JNK Contracting. Did you know breast cancer kills 113 people every day? That's unacceptable. 
African-American women die from breast cancer, nearly 41% more than Caucasian women. That's unacceptable. Breast cancer is the leading cause of all cancer deaths for Hispanic women. Breast cancer is unacceptable. Together with Susan G. Komen, we're committed to reducing U.S. breast cancer deaths by half. And we're going to do it by 2026. Visit Komen.org slash unacceptable. Power 105 at 970 WATH are your home for the OHSAA Boys Basketball Tournament in Athens County. Join us for coverage of every single boys basketball game involving an Athens County team throughout the tournament run. Coverage will start on February 18th with Athens hosting Hillsdale in a play-in game with coverage starting around 645 on Classic Hits 970 WATH. No matter what mood I'm in, McDonald's has a deal that's here for it. Like right now, I can mix and match two of my favorites for just $3.39. So if I'm feeling a little extra, I get a McDouble with two tasty beef patties. If I'm feeling nostalgic, oh, I go with a classic like a juicy McChicken. And no matter how I'm feeling, a golden crispy small fries always sounds like a good idea. All this food talk is bringing on a new mood. Hungry. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. You're listening to 970 WATH and the Sports Fan. This sounds like we're on my porch about hmm, two hours ago. Beautiful day for country music. Beautiful day for sports. It's a sports fan presented by J&K Contracting here on 970 WATH. And Roth comes in here, decked out. Even though it's 70 degrees, he's in long sleeves. I don't get that. I don't get how you're in long sleeves. So I didn't really go outside today. I was staying in. I was watching soccer. Um, you know, hit my soccer bet today. So that's that's what we like to see. I'm guessing it was against Chelsea. Nope. No. No. You no. We're not checking the group me. No, I, uh, I was not checking the group me. I was on my porch. This is established. I'd be on my porch <laughs> checking the group me. Um, but I had uh, I had Man City uh, to win, so that was a uh, a nice win for me there. And uh, they got done against Arsenal, battle of the top two teams in the Premier League. Um, the race is back on. Title race is back on for that. And it was never off. Um, but. Yeah, and uh, wrote three articles today, watched that soccer game, and uh, yeah, by the time I was done writing all my articles, watching soccer, eating lunch, it was time to come here, um, and the sun was already down, so the 70 degrees is fine if the sun's down. It's not like not like I'm going to be sweating through the shirt, uh, and also, when it gets a little colder outside, I'm already ready. I don't need to throw on a hoodie, so I guess. I'm, I'm prepared for I'm just, the cooler weather. Nah, I would have... I, I I would have been sweat. I was sweating with the t-shirt I have on. But over your long sleeve shirt, you got a Cavs jersey. You're excited for tonight's game against the 76ers. Yeah, Cavs riding a seven-game winning streak. Um, man, I keep referencing three-point variants. Uh, but about six games ago, uh, one of the smartest follows on Twitter, uh, I believe his handle is C L E V T A. Um Yes, C-L-E-V-T-A. He noted uh, that the Cavaliers were being extremely unlucky in defensive three-point percentage. The Cavs uh, had a top three defense in the NBA. However, uh, they were bottom five, I believe, in the league uh, in opponent three-point shooting percentage. So despite having a good defense, uh, teams were shooting well from behind the three-point arc. Uh, Cavs also... Uh, had an easy schedule, um, and since that game, uh, Cavs are seven and zero straight up. Uh, they've got six double-digit wins in those seven games, um, and the Cavs have allowed the worst opponent three-point shooting since February first. So oh. that is a little positive variance coming back for the Cavs. It's what you love to see as a Cleveland sports fan. Um, so maybe they're due for some bad regression tonight, but they've been on the better end of the three-point shooting luck, which is so important in the NBA because so many games you watch, and if your team doesn't miss a shot, they're probably going to win. And if the opposing team can't buy a bucket, you're also probably going to win, and obviously vice versa. Um, The one Cavs game I went to this year against the Brooklyn Nets, 
They shot 18 for 30 from the three-point line, and shockingly, the Cavs lost when the other team shot 60% from three. Um, so, yeah, I, I think besides like only making this a three-point contest, I, I actually do like how the Cavs match up with the Sixers. Um, I, I think that even though Embiid's played well against Jarrett Allen, uh, I think the Cavs have a, a little bit more well-rounded defense than they were able to throw at them last year. Um, and now Darius Garland has some more help uh, creating offense in the backcourt. Uh, Going to be a tough game. You, you don't want to get too emotionally invested in a February regular season game. But this is a big one for the Cavs. It's on yes. ESPN. It's on the road. And, yeah. I mean, we, ta- we talked about it. We talked about it in the MAC, and we've talked about it before on here, about the insane road-home splits uh, this year in basketball. Uh, looking at the 76ers, when they're at home, they're 22-8. and eight. Uh, they're one of the few teams that have a winning away record as well, but a lot of these teams don't. The Cavs don't. They're at 13-6 and six on the road, and they're going to have to get a victory tonight. If they get the victory tonight, they'll jump up to the third seed in the East. Yeah, um, tough because the Cavs have been playing great basketball, and the only team in the league playing greater basketball than them recently, the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, they are riding an 11-game winning streak right now. Um, beat the Celtics in overtime last night, even though the Celtics didn't have Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Um, Cavs, they're trying to climb up those Eastern Conference standings. And, uh, you know, whoever plays the Milwaukee Bucks, they're never doing them any favors because uh, the Bucks have been a little bit fortunate with players sitting out against them. So that's frustrating. But, yeah, if the Cavs can take the three seed, um, you'll take it. But really uh, – if you're a Cavs fan, if you can somehow sneak into the top two, uh, that would be the dream. But uh, if you're a Cavs fan, also getting a little bit of separation from yourself in the five seed, so you make sure your first round series at home, uh, another goal uh, on the checklist. So uh, interesting uh, time as a Cavs fan because the two hottest teams in the league, they're both in the Central Division. It'll be interesting to see what happens as we go down the stretch definitely be a fun one to watch 7 30 tonight on espn when we come back me and roth will have our surefire hot picks of the night right here on the sports fan presented by j and k contracting alana was diagnosed with hodgkin's lymphoma and it's cancer as a parent when you're told this type of news you're going to do whatever you can do for your babies when we got to st jude is when i realized that No, you're not going to get a bill for anything. I don't have to worry about it. They're saying we're going to help save her, and we're not going to charge you anything. This is what we do. St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. Finding cures, saving children. Learn more at stjude.org. Stay informed about the stock market from Goldsberry Wealth Strategies. Weekdays at 5.30 on 970 and 97.1 FM, WATH. The report follows the news. Raymond James Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Goldsberry Wealth Strategies is not a broker-dealer and is independent of RJFS. Getting the right health care for the right problem can save you time and stress. That's why Ohio Health offers three types of care options right here in Southeast Ohio. Call your primary care provider when you're sick or when you need to manage your long-term health. Visit urgent care when you can't get in with your doctor. And go to the ER for severe, life-threatening situations. Find out which Ohio Health location is your best choice at ohiohealth.com slash right care. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, $1.19 each. Open 10.30 a.m. to 10 p.m. Head over to Larry's Dog House over on West Union Street in Athens. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. You're listening to The Sports Fan on 970 WATH. It's time for the Surefire Hot Picks. Let's jump over to Roth. Roth, what is yours tonight? Uh, So my Surefire Hot Pick is going to come from the American uh, Conference, and it's a future Big 12 member. It is the Cincinnati Bearcats minus 9.5 
Uh, they're on the road at East Carolina. Um, bit of a homecoming for Wes Miller. He played college basketball uh, for North Carolina. And on UC's ticket list tonight is Roy Williams. Ooh. Uh, and the East Carolina Athletic Department was like, is it that Roy Williams? It is that Roy Williams uh, going to watch uh, Wes Miller, his uh, former player. Roy Williams coaches Wes Miller. Now Wes Miller coaching the Cincinnati Bearcats. So I hope Wes uh, gives his former college head coach a show. Cincinnati sitting at 8-5 and five in the American Athletic Conference, tied for fourth place. Uh, looking to try and move up ECU near the bottom of the league. So give me the Bearcats in a double-digit victory tonight. I'm going to go with, and this is one game uh, that we didn't have time when we went through the top 25 games, but this is one that I have my eye on. Indiana, number 14 team in the nation, arguably one of the hottest teams in the Big Ten. They're traveling to Northwestern, who just knocked off number one Purdue up in Evanston. They have another home game in Evanston tonight against Indiana. It's going to be a close game. Uh, give me Wildcats plus two. It's a risky bet. It's more, it, it, nothing Nothing about my head, nothing in my head says that I should pick this. But in my heart, I just, I just feel it. I, I just feel that Northwestern's going to keep the momentum going. And they've been a really good story in the Big Ten this year. I know we talked a little bit uh, in one of the breaks where you're going Indiana Moneyline, you think, tonight. But this should be a very good game. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a Northwestern team that's just coming off a victory against number one team in the country at this same building. Um, they're at home. Uh, they've been playing some good basketball, but so has Indiana. Um, two of the hotter teams in the Big Ten I, uh, I just think the Hoosiers are, are a pretty complete team, and, and the Hoosiers have shown the ability to win on the road. Um, they've got good size, so uh, I do think Indiana gets the job done. But I wouldn't be stunned uh, if Northwestern pulls off the upset uh, and gets the victory tonight. should be a close game uh, yes. either way. And, I mean, I took the points, plus two, Wildcats plus two, and it's, it's just one of those that, you know, it's you see it and it's just, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I just believe. I believe in Northwestern tonight. It, it's definitely going to be one I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, wherever I am at tonight. And it, as you should too, it is it is good basketball in the Big Ten. I just I don't know. I, Northwestern came out of nowhere. Did you expect Northwestern to be any good this year? Not really. No. I mean, they've, this is a team that a program that's. Sucked for most of they literally just made the NCAA tournament for the first time ever in 2017. I mean, well before that, hmm? I, I feel like I was younger than that. 2017, no, it had to be like 2015, maybe 2016. It, it was, it wasn't much closer, it wasn't much longer than that. It was maybe, I think it might have been 2016. Okay, that sounds more right. Um, I I I know I I think it was 2017. Oh, it was 2017. It was 2017 because wow. yeah, that's what I thought because they played Gonzaga in the round of 32. They lost, and that was the year that Gonzaga made it to the championship game, and lost in that just absolutely terrible pace of play, uh, Natty game against UNC. That game was awful. It was like the amount of, I think both teams were in the double bonus before the under 12. It was, it was miserable. Ugh, it was just not fun at all. Well, that'll wrap up the sports fan for today. Again, thanks to Ashley Beach for joining us. We'll have abbreviated sports fan tomorrow. We got Blue Jackets coming on at 6.30 tomorrow, but me and Jacob Mata will be here 6 to 6.30 tomorrow right here on WATH.